0: The whole concept of a king, especially when you live in a democratic society, uh, can be hard to relate to because, you know, it's a king. I mean, who, who, we don't, we don't have uh, someone who rules over us with absolute uh, power and, and it's just kind of, you know, what does a king mean? How does that relate to us? And we just talked about Jesus, you know, he's coming as a king and saw in the video and, and I think the closest thing that we might have that we can maybe relate to is the, uh, the you know the british monarchy and uh you know recently they many you probably noticed but they got a new guy in power yeah queen elizabeth had reigned for like i think like 700 years or something like that it was she was a long time it was just phenomenal and she looked pretty much the same every day but uh charles got coronated uh, a while back and it's really interesting because all of the pomp and circumstance that goes around those ceremonies and It's like $180 million to stick a crown on that guy's head. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of pomp, you know, and uh, (laughs) a lot of pom-poms too, maybe. I don't know. But, you know, and and so when we look at the king, we kind of see that, and it still seems kind of distant. I mean, to me, it's like, okay, that's kind of cool. You know, Queen Elizabeth, when she reigned, she did a a great job. She did a lot for for humanity and and trying to move, uh, you know, or move her nation forward. But um, it's still kind of this distant thing, you know, we see a lot of the drama around the monarchy, you know, um, that's kind of the main thing, you hear the news about this and that, and this scandal and that scandal, and one prince saying, hey, I don't want you guys to talk to me anymore, leave me alone, meanwhile he's like, hey, look at me, you know, all of that kind of weird stuff. And so it can be really odd to think about Jesus as a king, or the whole idea of what does a king truly mean. Well, in the time of the Bible... The kings uh, of that time were very, very different than, obviously, our current president. And even the current king, That the king that's reigning in England right now, his, he doesn't have the authority, uh, absolute authority, that the kings of old did. Um, you know, the kings of old had complete authority. They didn't get elected. There was no term limits. Their term limit was when they were dead or someone killed them. You know, how's that for a great term limit? <laughs> you're in there as long as you're alive— and there's a good chance someone's going to take you out. It, some of the kings in the Bible, they lasted like three days. You know. Like, so they came in, killed somebody to be king, and then someone came in and took them out. And it's just like, it was a dumpster fire uh, for a lot of the kings. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Some of them would spend years you know, rebuilding uh, the nation and, and moving it towards the Lord and celebrating and worshiping him. And then the next day would come in and say, "Nah," you know, <laughs> and just pitch it all out. So the kings of old were all over the place. And uh, one of the things that we do celebrate this time of year, once again, as we saw in the uh, children's ministry video, but is Jesus as the coming king. And there's two aspects of that that we celebrate. One is the fact that he came, that he was Emmanuel during the first Christmas. He came to be with us, but that he's coming again. But definitely that he is a king. He is the king that came to be with us. But like the kings of old, you know, he, was, he wasn't elected. Um, You know, he had absolute authority. There's no term limit on his kingdom. But unlike the kings of old, he was very, very different in how he presented himself. He was very, very different in how he ruled. And so today I'd like to look at that. What was different about Jesus as king, and how does that affect our lives, and how does that impact us during this season of Christmas as we're celebrating together? I'm going to read the scripture that they already read for the video. And uh, once again, it's just one of those times where we did not sync up. It just happens to be that way. But in Isaiah nine six through seven, it says, "For a child is born to us; a son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. His rule, or he will rule with fairness and justice." from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. So we can't overemphasize enough that Jesus is a king and that Jesus is the king of kings, that Jesus is spectacular and wonderful in all that he is, that there's this power and majesty connected with him. And at the same time, there's love and grace and some of the things that we might not think about when we look at a king. All throughout scripture, we see him exemplified as a king there's an interesting um uh, example of this in the book of daniel so daniel has all these crazy visions and one of them he sees this beast and then like they got horns and then one horn gets knocked off and another horn pops up and then four horns are out of that horn and then that horn spouts mouth and eyes and it starts talking i mean can you picture that that's just a little weird you got this beast with a uh, multiple horns one gets knocked off and one of the horns like hey ha, you know and and the bible says that this one horn has got eyes in a mouth and it's It's blasphemy against God. So it's just running around saying nasty stuff. And this is is just the weirdest thing. It's like, I wonder what he ate. But that's just a bizarre, bizarre uh, uh, picture to me. But in that, this little guy's running around with this horn, you know, speaking blasphemy. And then the Ancient of Days comes in, which is God the Father. And they set up this throne. And then he opens these books. And so judgment is going to happen. And it's like everything changes. And then this beast is defeated. And then we see Jesus coming. And this is how Daniel sees it. Daniel seven thirteen through 14. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. So once again, it's this vision of, of Jesus and this, this coming kingdom that he's going to bring into, into existence. And once again, it's kind of the, the here and now but not yet kingdom. It's that weird tension that we live in as Christians that he is here, his kingdom is here now, but yet there's the ultimate fulfillment that's going to come, and that's kind of what this is speaking to, there's multiple layers of his kingdom being manifest. And he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. It's like there is nothing that compares to Jesus. Nothing. Nothing compares to him. You know, like, um, many of you guys know the yin-yang symbol. You know, it's kind of that symbol of the black and white, and it's kind of that balance. There's a balance between good and evil. And so a lot of religions, find they try to find this balance. That's what your whole goal in his life is, to find a balance between the good and the bad. Well, Jesus, There's no balance it's not like you gotta balance out Satan with Jesus. It's like there's there's no comparison. Jesus is so far above any other name. There's just nothing that compares to him. And during this Christmas season, it's one of the things you need to keep in the forefront of your mind. He's just amazing. (laughs) He is magnificent and powerful. He has absolute authority, absolute authority to do as he wishes. No one can challenge him. No one can challenge him and yet, he is different. We see in the New Testament, them talking about Jesus and this beautiful description of who he is. In Ephesians 1, 19 through 21, it's talking about God the Father. It said, he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion in every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but in the age to come. Once again, it's that statement of him, just absolute power and authority. He is the authority over all things. He has power over all things. Jesus is king over all things, full stop. That's just spectacular. In and of itself, that is amazing. But Jesus shows himself in an amazingly different way, and he rules in a different way, and he does something that's very, very unexpected. He shows up in a very unexpected way. So in the Old Testament, once again, there's uh, all the prophecies saying that Jesus is coming and he's going to be a Messiah and he's going to be a victor. And even from like the images of, of Moses, how Moses led the people out of the promised land, you know, there was just like this confrontation. And, and so, you know, during the time when uh, Jesus did show up, a lot of their mindset was possibly that the Savior, that the king would come like that. Like he would come armed for battle and he'd raise an army and he'd wipe the Romans out and they'd be like, "Yay, we're set free. That's how a lot of them anticipated him coming that he would destroy the Roman Empire and deliver them, deliver them from their oppression. But Jesus didn't. He came in a very, very different way. Philippians 2, 5 through 8, another one of my favorite scriptures that just describes just how awesomely wonderful our God is. Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather... He made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So different than the kings of old. So different than any other ruler that has ever ruled in any capacity. (laughs) Jesus is very, very different. He chose humility. He chose humility. It's interesting because, um, once again, like there's this anticipation that he would come to destroy their oppression, and he did. But Jesus was more worried about a different kind of oppression. He didn't come to destroy people. He came to destroy sin and death. There is an oppression that he was seeing that he wanted to take care of that we had no ability to take care of. We have no ability in ourselves to take care of sin. So Jesus humbled himself, The king of kings, who's in perfection with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. He's in heaven. He doesn't lack anything. He doesn't need anything. He doesn't even need us, in a sense. And yet he chose to humble himself and come and be born and be living among us to give his life for us so that he could crush sin and death. He truly did come to set us free, but in a way that nobody really expected. There wasn't a lot of pomp and circumstance with jesus you know there's just a manger there's a bunch of poop and there's his parents and that was about it and then the shepherds show up and some wise men show up but the wise men probably came like possibly a couple two years later you know so there's no on that day though it's like there wasn't like a ton of fanfare the shepherds got a message from angels which i'm sure like tripped them out <laughs> that was rather large but it was to a specific group of humble people and then the people that show up are everybody. Like you got the humble coming to see him, and then you have these the Magi and the, the kings, and they come to see him. And it's just so different how Jesus comes in and engages with us. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't build his brand. <laughs> he, he did everything he could to try to to not build his brand. He kept telling people, "Don't tell anyone about me," <laughs> you know, until after. You know, then when he was revealed and. Um, you know, he goes to the cross, dies, resurrected. Then he's like, okay, now go tell people about me. But he wanted to use us to do that. Jesus is very, very different than the kings of old. Jesus chose humility. Jesus chose humility. So what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us? Where does that leave us this Christmas season? Well, the first part of verse five, I didn't read all of verse five in the, in the uh, Philippian scripture. Philippians 2, verse 5 says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Have the same mindset of Christ Jesus. So what was that mindset? Well, let's read it on. Have the same mindset of Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So how does that humility of him affect us? The king of kings, the one who is above everyone else, who comes and humbles himself to be served, he's saying we should have that same mindset towards one another. In our relationship to one another, we need to choose humility. James four ten says it this way: Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. So a lot of times, you can think, "Well, how do I be humble?" <laughs> you know, you can choose humility. You can choose to walk into. You can humble yourself before the Lord. And one of the day, one of the ways we do that is you give up. We give up the right to rule our own lives. We give it to Him. If we look back uh, at the Isaiah scripture, it says in verse 6 the government will rest on his shoulders so the implication there is that he carries the weight of authority that when jesus shows up in his kingdom he's the one who has authority and that all governments the authority rests on him right so the government will rest on his shoulders well earlier a couple of verses earlier they're talking about jesus again and it says for he will or for you will break the yoke of slavery and lift heavy burden from their shoulders so a few verses earlier it says that he will come he will break the yoke of slavery and he's going to lift a heavy burden from your shoulders well what's one of the things that he took on his shoulders the government's authority one of the things that we need to do as christians is to take our authority and say (laughs) and throw it on him because that's its rightful place so one of the ways that we choose humility is we say Jesus I give up the right to rule and reign my own life. I allow you to lead me. I allow you to guide and direct me. I allow you to choose my path. I allow you to choose my course. I give up the right to rule and reign this universe because I can't. We surrender the rule and we surrender the ruling of our lives to him. And we can surrender the ruling of other people's lives to him. <laughs> That's what humility means. We're not trying to dictate and rule everybody else. That's what Jesus did. He came with absolute authority not to, uh, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life for us. That's amazing. But it's a scary thing. To give up control of your life, uh, okay. <laughs> it's not necessarily easy. We need to surrender our lives, him. We talked about this last week, uh, the scripture in Matthew, one of my favorites. All scripture I'm going to say that about every scripture, I think. <laughs> this is my favorite scripture ever. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So what's that yoke it's talking about? Remember? It's like when jesus you come along Jesus, so you got you, and then you put a yoke on, and then you're attached to him. And in that yoke, there's usually one of the animals is the driver. One of the ones is the one in charge. And that's why he's saying, take my yoke upon you. Take your authority and give it to him, couple it to him, and let him rule your life. <laughs> he's got way more skills than you do to rule your life. Never mind trying to control and, you know, dominate other people one of the reasons that we can trust him and that we can do that is back in isaiah verse 7 he will reign on david's throne over his kingdom establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever so he's ruling and reigning with justice and righteousness he's the only one who knows how to perfectly take justice and mercy and forgiveness and love and grace you know and judgment and he puts that all together and he functions in perfection in those things we have no clue we have no clue how to do that in a healthy way that's why we need to give up our rule of our lives to him and that humbles us before him because then we take on his mindset we're supposed to be like jesus and he's telling us to take on the mindset of christ which was to humble himself and to seek to serve people so give up your right to rule what does that do for us well, a couple things. One, uh, I mean, it does a ton of stuff, but the two I want to look at today is one is it um, it keeps you dependent on him. So if you're going to let Jesus rule your life, that means you have to depend on him. You have to trust him. You have to spend time with him. You have to say, okay, uh, you're in charge. So that means I need to spend some time listening to what you want me to do. <laughs> and when, we've talked over and over again about how you do that, you know, through the word of God, through Christian fellowship, through Sunday mornings and connecting with people. There's all kinds of ways through prayer, meditation, those kind of things, spending time with Jesus. But you need to do that because if you're dependent upon him to guide and direct you and help you through and navigate life. So we need to trust in him and lean into him. So that's the first thing. But I think there's one, I think that really is helpful, especially this time of year. But it helps us to be servants of all. He said to humble yourself And Jesus said he came to serve, not to be served. So when we practice humility, when we choose humility, what it does is it means that I'm not better than anybody else. One of the things we choose to do is not make ourselves above other people because it's really hard to serve somebody and to truly love them in a godly way when you think you're better than them. So when we let go of that, when we say I'm not better than anybody and we let go of the rule and reign and we choose humility, we can truly serve all people. We can connect with all people. Once again, Jesus said, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant. Mark 10:45 says, "For even the Son of Man did not come to serve or to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is a perfect season for us to serve people. But we need to choose humility so we can do it in a way that we don't make people our projects. (laughs) That's just annoying. (laughs) Don't make people your projects. Because when they become your project, that means you feel like you're better than them and you have to fix them. In order for us to truly communicate the love and grace of Jesus Christ, we have to understand that we're not better than anybody. We have to humbly come and serve. Not because we're better, not because we have our act together, but because we truly love people. And we love people because Christ loves us. And when I say all people, I don't mean like numerically. It's impossible for us, even as a a church, to minister to every single person in Yakima. We can't do it. But what I mean by all people is all kinds of people, (laughs) all types of people. doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter their race, it doesn't matter their gender, it doesn't matter their age, it doesn't matter their social status, their economic status, it doesn't matter their political status, their political leanings. It doesn't matter when it comes to us serving people and loving them. When we serve all people, it means all people. Jesus says time and time again to love your enemies. That means we can serve all people, but it's only by the grace of God. And it's only if we humble ourselves and say, you know what? I'm not any better than them. It doesn't mean you have to agree with all people. I'm not saying that. But if we're going to serve all people, we have to understand that we need to walk in humility and not make them our projects and not make it an us and them kind of thing. But when we humble ourselves, we can do that. We can serve all people. I'm going to take a, uh, yeah, a sidetrack here. I'm going to do a public service announcement, okay? And then we'll get back to the regularly scheduled sermon in a minute. So this is this is a this is a rant, okay? Okay, here's my rant. When it comes to age, I just want you guys to know that if you're like in this room and you're like 60 plus, you're not done. You're not done, okay? You have so much wisdom to give to the people of this church. I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> You have so much to offer to our church. You're not done. It doesn't matter your age. You have things that you can impart to the generations after you. And to those who are in the middle of life, maybe you're, you know, you're a homeowner or you're working full time or you're raising a family or maybe all of those at the same time, you need the people who've gone before you. You need their wisdom. But you know what they need from you? They need to learn what God is teaching you in the context of your life. Age should not stop us from connecting with one another. They need you. You need them. We need one another. When it comes to wisdom and living life, TikTok and Instagram is, um, (laughs) everything changes so fast. One minute it's like, raise your kid this way and the next minute, no, it's raise your kid this way. You know what? You need a grandparent or someone older than you who's raised a bunch of kids or a couple of kids to say, you know what? That's just a dumb idea. Don't do that. Just do this. We need that. And then they need to hear from you, no matter what your age is. You need to to say, this is who God is to me. and, And we learn from one another. And then if you're like a teenager in the room or you're still in school, you need older people. You know, like. Sometimes we try to silo up kids and we put them all in the same age group and it's like the blind leading the blind. <laughs> That's just dumb. We need one another. We need the energy and enthusiasm and the and the revelation of God from our children's from our children. We need to be a two-way street. We need each other. So don't let age stop you from serving other people. And don't make people who are younger or older than you your project. Let's learn as a community to really love one another. Okay, back to our Wrigley Scheduled Sermon. During this Christmas season, let's celebrate Jesus as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let that just come alive in you. That he is just how... Big and awesome and wonderful he is. And yet, when you see the baby in the nativity scene, or you're going to watch your kids eat one made out of marshmallows, uh, <laughs> that's going to be a sugar rush, I'm telling you. Because when you make those nativity scenes down in children's ministry, it involves a lot of icing. So, anyways. But when you see a nativity scene, or you see Jesus in, in the set as a little baby, or you, whatever, you're singing carols that remind you of that, just remember that that is a humble king of the universe. And that we should have the same mindset that he had to humble ourselves, serve one another, connect with him, and love and serve all people. Amen? Amen. Let's worship the Lord. Would you guys come up? I'd just like to pray for you. And uh, once again, we've got all kinds of stuff happening this year. I'm sure besides the stuff that we're doing on Sunday mornings here and different times, you've got piles and piles of things going on in your life. But let's focus on the Lord. Keep him forefront of your mind and your thoughts. Keep him in just in the middle of your affections and your relationships and everything that you do. As king, as Lord, let's surrender our lives to him and let's allow him to use us to serve our community.